everybody. Danny Davis, the Austin American Statesman. It's Tuesday. It's Longhorn Confidential time. We appreciate you tuning in on YouTube, listening on wherever you get your podcasts, uh, checking us out on Facebook. We do appreciate the engagement. But as always, joined by Kirk Bowles, Cedric Golden. We're here to talk about the Longhorns, and we're here to talk about last weekend's 24-21 win over Iowa State. Uh, Texas, we'd seen this story before. Get up big in the second half, 10 points. See that lead, lead slip away. But this time, Texas rallied, got a late touchdown, and then shut the door. Jalen Ford, fumble recovery of a, on a big hit by Anthony Cook on Iowa State quarterback Hunter Deckers. Sealed the deal. Texas was able to run out the clock after that. So Kirk said we'll, we'll start there. Just overall thoughts on the win over the Cyclones. And has Texas finally learned how to close? Or is there still, still some concern after seeing Iowa State still rally and take a late lead? <laughs> Learn how to close yet. They haven't. Yeah. They haven't. I mean, Xavier, they're not a close against Iowa State. Well, Xavier Hutchinson dropped a pass that would have may would have beaten them. So they needed they needed a little bit of luck to go with that. They did make the play that needed to be made to win the game, but the jury is still out. Um, especially uh late in games, uh fourth quarter games. I think the good part is, and Sark said this, they were able to win when they didn't play very well and they wouldn't have, like you said, they wouldn't have won this game last year. So that's growth. That's the maturity. Uh, it's a veteran locker room. Love, love me some Jalen Ford. Love what he's brought to this defense. But um, if we're saying that, oh, yeah, they're ready now to close games consistently, um, still haven't seen that yet because that, that drop pass was, was, was huge. Uh, that kid was arguably the best player on the field for all but that one play. So uh, we'll see this weekend. Yeah, they learned how to close against Iowa State, whether they can close against the Cowboys or Kansas State or TCU after that remains to be seen. I, you know, they do start pretty fast normally, if not the first drive in the first half. They usually pretty much have it going. Uh, so maybe Sark needed to script the entire game. You know, forget scripting 15, 20 plays. Go ahead and script 60 plays and uh, – and see how that works. But uh, yeah, they were lucky, but you got to be lucky to win some games. And they were good when it counted. Like you said, said, I mean, they, they had the drive to score with, you know, a four forty left. And then they, they had the, I would say drive that they stopped and, and they made a great play with uh, Jalen Ford and Anthony cook. So that builds their confidence and whether they can really close or not, if they believe they can close and they've, you know, uh, made that jump, you know, it's worthwhile. And Jalen Ford on, on Monday was named the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week. Eight tackles, had that uh, game ceiling fumble recovery and also had an uh, inter, 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 interception, excuse me, I can't speak, in the end zone uh, to prevent uh, Iowa State touchdown in the first half that would have given Iowa State a 14 to nothing lead. So Jalen Ford, as he has all season, just came, came up big for the Texas defense, and we'll see where that goes going forward. But he's having a spectacular season among many um, guys on that defense have stepped up. But let's move ahead. We're not here to look back. We're here to look forward, whatever Steve's uh, – saying is about rear view mirrors or whatever whatever they always say over there we're here to here to look ahead of us not behind us and this weekend uh texas is going to go to oklahoma state 2 30 kickoff on abc if you are watching at home and not making the trip to stillwater like me and cedric and um our photographer uh 
Our colleague Sarah Diggins will be with us on that trip too. Um, so we'll have actually two Montana graduates on that uh, on that trip. Cedric's not, but he's an honorary Montana grad since he's wearing maroon today, um, as as am I. But um, you know, this game is actually kind of surprising if you're just looking at the uh, the Vegas lines. Texas is actually favored on the road. Texas is ranked twentieth. Oklahoma State is ranked eleventh. Uh, on, on paper, that doesn't make much sense, but there is some concern about Spencer Sanders and his health, which I think is probably skewing this line. But if Spencer Sanders is healthy, we've been seeing that name for what seems like 50 years. He's been there <laughs> a while. He's a veteran, really good quarterback. But is he, if healthy, the best quarterback in the Big 12? Or are you going to go with Quinn Ewers? Are you going to go with someone else? Uh, you know, TCU is having a great year. Uh, maybe Max Duggan deserves to be in this conversation. Who's the best quarterback in the Big 12, 12 right now? Kirk, we'll start with you. I'm going to go with the Mad Max. I mean, uh, you know, I like undefeated and TCU 6-0, and and uh, I think he's gotten it done, and he's a dual threat, same as Spencer Sanders. You, you look at his stats, guys, 16 touchdowns, one pick. That's pretty phenomenal. Just a hair under 70% completion rate, where Spencer Sanders, who I've never really trusted uh, as a polished passer, he's a damn good athlete, great running running threat he's got 13 touchdowns three picks so he's got two more interceptions three fewer touchdowns and the rushing yard is pretty negligible sanders has 309 yards rushing max duggan 261 so at this juncture i would say max duggan is my all big 12 quarterback but let me add just a caveat yeah. if i had to pick one quarterback in the league to win the game i'm gonna take quinn ewers Wow. So that's, that's vintage duck. He covers all the bases. You want, you want to mention Johnny Unitas? Um, He's not eligible. I, I like Quinn Ewers as the best quarterback in this league. I do. Max Duggan didn't even win the starting job at the beginning of the season. And so uh, he's come on like gangbusters. I love him. I, I, 66 of those 260 came on one play against the Sooners. Um and he's given Texas fits over the years, but man, I just something about this Quinn Ewers, just polished, um, mild mannered, doesn't seem to let anything bother him. Grace under fire, um, definitely the biggest upside of the three. Uh, but um, I'm I'm gonna go Quinn because I think if Quinn hadn't missed um, those games, his numbers would be very similar to Max Duggan, except that he does not run. He does not run. And that'll be interesting because I know this Oklahoma State uh, defense gets after the quarterback pretty well. Who'd be your all Big 12 quarterback right now? You know, that's a numbers. That is a numbers award. That it, It'll be Max Duggan if he keeps up this pace. If he ends up with like 25, 26 touchdowns and four picks, it's going to be Max. Plus, you always have, you always have to consider uh, whose team's playing well. And if they win, the, if they – get to the Big 12 title game, and they're a top top 10 team, yeah, it's going to be Max. Who you got, Danny? The, the best quarterback in the group is Quinn, but um, Max is having the best season. His team's undefeated. Um, they're higher ranked, and he's, you know, let's, let's face it, not a lot of people are expecting this from TCU this season, and, um, you know, what they've done is really respectable. Um, Quinn doesn't have the stats yet just because he's missed uh, three, pretty much four games, but <laughs> we'll see what happens in – you know, as we get some more games in there, obviously Texas and TCU still have to play each other in a few weeks. And I just got to say, I'm a little dis disappointed that Jalen Daniels got hurt because he was, you know, having a spectacular season. Guy. 
they were doing a lot of fun stuff at Kansas. So who knows if Kansas would have been able to keep that up, but it's disappointing that he really isn't in this conversation now just because he got injured because he was uh, having a spectacular season for for the Jayhawks. Uh, let's kind of flip it around to the other side of, of the field uh, for Oklahoma State since we completely actually ignored Spencer Sanders in that conversation. But uh, the de- defense, <laughs> Oklahoma State defense has been playing pretty well. They actually lead the Big 12 um, in sacks. They're averaging 2.83 per game. Um, Sad, you wrote about this in your column after the Iowa State game. Uh, the Texas offensive line did really well. Um, in, in keeping Quinn clean and kind of helping, especially late Texas run the ball um, down the cyclones, a really good rush defense, a really good defense at Iowa State. Um, do you think this Texas offensive line, which is young in parts and veteran in other parts, can they keep the – the um, I just forgot who uh, – the, the Cowboys. I'm struggling here today, people. And they keep, keep Quinn Cowboys away from Quinn Ewers and uh, – open up some holes for B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson to, you know, keep doing what they've been doing. I, I like that question because I, I really think, Danny, I think they've really found something since they struggled against Texas Tech. Y'all remember they couldn't close that game out. They could not run the football at money time. They're up 31-17 and start getting these three and outs because they were getting they were they were getting that push on the interior. I, th- I think I think the the young bucks have grown up in the middle of that line. Uh, Cole Hudson and Hayden Connor are playing really well. Uh, we know that Kelvin Banks has held his end up. He's a grown man already at left tackle. But I think I think that those youngsters have kind of grown up in the middle. Um, they've held their water here in the last two or three games, and it'll be interesting to see if they can take that act on the road, not just them, but their whole locker room, because uh, the jury's still out on that. One, what are they, one and six in the last seven true road games? And so um, hostile environment, anyone that's been to Pickens Stadium knows that that crowd is right on top of the visiting bench. I mean, you can almost reach out and touch the players. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be something uh, that, that they're going to have to go through uh, communication-wise, uh, environment-wise, and th- th- this game will tell us a whole lot, not just about the offensive line, but about the team as a whole. Well, the Cowboys have a really strong defensive front, but, you know, it's a good league for, for defensive linemen. I mean, you just mentioned Iowa State, you know, best run defense uh, in the conference, and they're stout up front. You know, Tyree Wilson at uh, Texas Tech, like you said, they couldn't run the ball. They couldn't stay on the field and convert a third down against Texas Tech. And and, and Texas, you know, maybe doesn't have that one dynamic all-star player up front, but they've got 15 sacks already. Oklahoma State's got 17. Uh, so there's not that much difference between them. And, uh, and they don't have the one person at Stillwater either. I mean, you got Brock Oliver, Tyler Lacey, I mean, you know, Mason Cobb, they all have about three sacks. It's like every one of them has three sacks. So you, that's a good you, thing. That's a good it thing. is. It's good. And that's kind of the way Texas is. They get it. It's pretty much spread out. You don't have a guy with nine sacks. So, you know, you have some linebackers and a cornerback with a sack, as well as OV or Ojimo and some players like that. Vondre Sweat, Byron Murphy. Texas has a lot of depth there. So I really think they can match as far as defensive fronts. But that is the strength of uh, the Oklahoma State defense because their secondary can be hard at times, and and that's the way they were at TCU last week. 
said you alluded to it, but Texas has struggled um, recently on the road. They're one in five on the, in true road games under Steve Sarkeesian since he was hired ahead of the 2021 season. They did win in Dallas this season, but that was a neutral site game. Their only true road game was in Lubbock. And as me and Kirk both know, I mean, we're still uh, tr- we're still trying to avoid the Red Raider fans who are you know, storm the storm the field to celebrate that win. So, you know, can Texas um, cure its road woes? I mean, the road woes. This is going to be a crazy environment. Oklahoma, for whatever reason, scheduled Texas as its homecoming game. Um, I don't know if that's the same insult it is in high school when they uh, <laughs> schedule homecoming games in high school. I know scheduling you don't have a lot of choices in, in the college game, but you know, can Texas figure it out? Because that crowd, it's going to be crazy in Stillwater, and they're definitely a They'll be wearing orange, but Texas knows it's not the burnt orange that they like to see. I like I like I like them to to go in there and 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 play well early. Late is what I'm worried about. Um, they have a quarterback who doesn't seem to flinch, and that's a big deal. They ha- they have a couple of uh, they have the best running back in the country, in my opinion. They have they they have good skill people, and I I think. If they can avoid the early surge, and Kirk and I have covered this rivalry forever, we've been at Texas OU games. The 2005, a Big 12, I mean, the 2005 national champion was down 28 to 12 at half in Stillwater. And I'm, I'm going to hazard a guess that team's a lot better than this one. <laughs> so, um, and, and the year before, that same nucleus was down 35-7. At DKR, so uh, the mullet is not afraid of the Longhorns, and Mike Gundy will have them ready. And I, I predict an onslaught early. If Texas can hang in there, if we're looking at a 14-14 game in the second quarter, Texas is in good shape. But you don't want to be down 21-7 because uh, Oklahoma State doesn't blow a whole lot of leads. They have to Texas in the past. But, but not to uh, Texas teams like this one that have struggled on the road. So the Longhorns just got to hang in there uh, first half, third quarter, fourth quarter. If they're in a close game, I like their chances because they have a quarterback that can make plays downfield. Well, one thing about that one in five record, of those five losses, Quinn Ewers played in zero. He, was, he played in none of them. So they're a different animal with him uh, behind center there. So – I think, and they're mentally tough. I think that's one thing. Uh, they are mentally tough. If they weren't, they wouldn't have won Saturday against uh, Iowa State. And, and then there was some weird stuff that happened in a lot of those road games. You remember uh, we were at West Virginia, Danny, and, you know, remember, I don't think they played three quarterbacks or just two, but we're, we're waiting for Ben Ballard to come on because, you know, Casey Thompson and uh, Hudson Carver both hobbled there. That was just a strange game. Arkansas that was just a beehive. Texas yeah. was kind of overwhelmed, yeah. you know, and that was Hudson Card's second start again, back to the, the Quinn Ewers approach of Baylor. They should have beaten Bayer and Waco last year, but but Joshua Moore had three turnovers. Uh, so, you know, a lot of this stuff, strange stuff had happened. They had the meltdown at Ames last year. Y'all were there uh, when they lost 30 to seven, but I think the Quinn Ewers factor and the mental toughness gives Texas and edge in this one, probably why they're favored. And, and who knows about Spencer Sanders' health, but it's kind of has a different yeah. feel to it. For that line to move like it moved, it's like, Vegas, it's like Vegas already knows that Spencer yeah. Sanders playing in this game. And it gives me pause because I'm writing a stop Spencer Sanders column this week. And 
maybe I should just go interview a bookie instead of the Longhorns about it because that for that line to move so drastically just makes no sense because uh, the Oklahoma State Cowboys are not chopped liver, and the Texas Longhorns have not played great on the road. So uh, if Prince Spencer Sanders doesn't play, that makes all the sense in the world, this line moving. But if he does, mm -hmm. I don't know why it moved like that. What do you think, Danny? I do know Spencer Sanders is not going to play. Mike Gundy is not going to tell anybody until Saturday. He's taking the same approach that Steve Sarkeesian took earlier this year with Quinn Ewers, that he's not oh, talking about injuries with the with the local media. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, both Texas and Oklahoma State have one loss in conference play. Texas is three and one. Oklahoma State's two and one. Both teams are looking up at TCU and Kansas State, who are both three and three and zero. TCU and Kansas State actually play in. Fort Worth this weekend, so there'll be one undefeated uh, Big 12 team, at least in conference play. Um, so I guess the question is, Texas and Oklahoma State, is this a must-win game? Is this a loser-leaves-town kind of situation? Because um, one of these teams is going to have two conference losses, and they're going to be looking up at three different teams. But you know, Kansas is 2-2. Two and two. West Virginia and Baylor both have two conference losses. Oklahoma and Iowa State are kind of done in the picture. So, I mean, those teams are in the, the rearview mirror. But does Texas have to win this game? Can they make the Big 12 championship game with two losses, or is this a must-win game? They can make it with two losses, but um, what's going to be tough, considering who they still have to play if they lose this game, and you'll, 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 you'll have that tiebreaker disadvantage to the Cowboys. So, yeah, I think the team that loses this game is going to have a really tough road to hoe, but, but by no means uh, is that team eliminated because uh, it's a crazy conference this year. From top to bottom, I mean, there are teams that can. I mean, you telling me that if if Dylan Gabriel is playing, Oklahoma's in play against whomever they play. They just are. They're not running wild. They didn't run wildcat last week, and they look different. They still can't stop anybody. So, I I I think that um, definitely a three loss team doesn't make it to Dallas this year. But I think the loser of this game is still in play. Just going to be a lot tougher to get there. I think it's probably likely we have a two-loss team in Arlington because you got eight of the ten teams already have a loss. You know, uh, Iowa State, Oklahoma, put a fork in both of them. You know, That's three over. losses. And people are going to be rooting for the Sooners uh, <laughs> to inflict some pain on these other teams here. And one other thing, too, guys, I think Texas has an advantage, and their loss came to Texas Tech, which doesn't figure to be involved in any tiebreaker. Good so, point, Doug. And, good and that point. might help them too. So I, I do think we'll see a two-loss uh, team in Arlington. Uh, I don't know if TC can run the table. You know, they've got to come here in Austin. I do know Texas' next three games, where they got Oklahoma State, Kansas State, TCU. You got three ranked teams. Uh, We're going to find uh, out. We're about to find we're gonna out. Know. We're going to know real quick. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this, this isn't a must win, but boy, it's a really need, really want it, got to have it, kind of really hope you get it kind of win. Um, so I, we're going to wrap things up here. Obviously, me, Seth, and Sarah will be in Stillwater this weekend, and we hope you check out our work uh, both leading up to the game and post-game on statesman.com. Kirk, what are you doing this weekend? Are you uh, are you on the FCB? What, what is going on in, uh, in Kirk's world? Yeah, I think I'm uh, all soccer all the time now. They're playing Dallas on Sunday night in an all-Texas Western Conference semifinal. So they win that one. You know, they may host L.A. Galaxy or go to LAFC, the number one seed in the West, the following week. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to be watching a lot of college football as much as I can on Saturday. Then I'll be at Q2 
on Sunday night. Y'all have a safe trip. Um, Thursday, obviously, the On Second Thought podcast comes out. What What are we looking forward to this week? What is uh, what's going on? What's going on with that? Go ahead, Doug. You're the well. We may try to get a soccer. I'm going to see what rattle Josh Wolf's chain or Brad <laughs> goalkeeper and see uh, see what they got going on if they can fit us in. Otherwise, I think sitting there kind of look at the national landscape a little bit. It's boy. I don't know how much football you guys got to watch after we covered the Iowa State game. Fun. Good what game. a fun game. And uh, and I don't know if you watched Utah-USC that going for two. Uh, tried to get Sark on the record there, whether he would go for two in the last minute. He didn't necessarily bite on that. But what a phenomenal day. You sounded like, sound like he would have. Sound like he yeah. would have. Yeah, I think he like might. That. He would be open to it, I think. So, and, you uh, got, and Cam Rising, former Longhorn. There you How go. About How about, about the Tennessee Volunteers taking down the giant that is Alabama? Alabama's struggling a little bit. They really are. Lost Tennessee, almost lost to A&M and Texas. So what's going on in the world? You said Saban trusts those cornerbacks too much. That's the problem right now. Yeah. You don't have you don't have Patrick Sertan back there anymore. Yeah. You don't have Drake Kirkpatrick back there anymore. Yeah. You, I mean, those guys are are playing man, and good receivers are running past them like nobody's business. Yeah, he's got to fix that. And he's and last a- thing, Will Riker's missing field goals now, which has to be a sore point for Texas Longhorns. But you know what? Yeah, he makes that one. He makes that one against Texas, and now he can't make one. He's yeah. three out of he's three out of his last seven. College kickers. College kickers. <laughs> Let's have we'll have uh, Barry Harrell, our co- colleague, in here next week to talk more Alabama football. But <laughs> if you're into Texas volleyball, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you know, they're at home on Saturday, um, Saturday night against West Virginia. The soccer team's on the road uh, um, both Thursday and Sunday this week. So you have to watch them from afar. The baseball team has a scrimmage on um, Sunday if you want to head out to Dishfalk Field on Sunday afternoon. I think they're playing Houston. So there's lots still going on here, even though the football team's on the road. But me and Sad will be, will be hitting the road soon. We hope you tune in to station.com to see what we do at the game. We appreciate you watching this video. We appreciate you reading our content online. And we will see you next week. Go Grizz. That's right. (laughs) Just don't lose to Idaho again, Montana.